Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is. You get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us. Want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be kind of weird if Brupolo was in, you know, Brookhaven. Brewhaven would work though. That's that's easy money. It's easily done, so we can go with that. But Until we get to that point in time, if you're living in Brookhaven or anywhere else in our great state and you want Strange Brew Coffee House, all you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and they'll ship it right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine you own, they've got a coffee for you at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. It might not work in Brookhaven, Brian. Why? But Stranger Appreciation works everywhere. I think Brewhaven works pretty well. I, mean, I don't know, but all, all I know is they're making a lot of people happy today as we record um, with a percentage of uh, your coffee off. My wife was one of those people. She had no clue about Stranger Appreciation. Oh, I, yeah. That was, that was my fault. I should have known that. I should have told her that. But she was going to go anyway today mm-hmm. to get a old pick-me-up, and uh, I think it made her day uh, to get uh, 25% off or whatever it was um today on her coffee she was really excited there you go uh our friends over at college corner want to see you in there buying new maroon and white merchandise just because you've got old stuff doesn't mean you don't need new stuff in fact i'm telling you you do need new stuff and you need to get it from college corner because they have the biggest and best selection of it in central mississippi two locations in the jackson area to serve you they're in ridgeland by fleet feet they're in flow by the half shell or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com Humble Taco is Startable's best Mexican restaurant, and it's Startable's most different Mexican restaurant. It's not the typical, you know, bean burrito and enchilada and, you know, chips and salsa, although the chips and salsa there are fantastic. It's a lot more than just that. It's your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. That's why they say Mississippi Fair with Mexican, I'm sorry, Mexican Fair with Mississippi roots. It's unique, it's different, and it's awesome. And it's a great thing that we have it here in Starville. Nobody else has a Mexican restaurant like Humble Taco. Go check them out next time you are in town. If you're looking for an easy solution for lunch today and a really good one, man, go to Firehouse Subs. Just download the Firehouse Subs app, place your order online, and you'll pick it up within minutes, and you'll be piling up the reward points faster than just about anybody else. When you want a quick, easy, and delicious suggestion for lunch, Firehouse Subs is the way to go. They've got locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk, we're, we're just a couple days away from what, in my opinion, is historically the best rivalry in baseball in the SEC. Would you agree? Uh, sure. 
something dynamite drop in, Robbie. I appreciate that. So uh, I'm eating pretzels right now, and I was trying to. Are they making you uh, thirsty? That in my mouth was full, and so I was focusing on that. I hear you. Okay, I can, I, I can, I can live with that answer. Mississippi State LSU, obviously, you know, through the years has produced a ton of great players, a ton of great games. You know, the great coaches. It really has everything you want, and and I really feel that. I know LSU has six national titles, and state only has the one. But state winning that national title elevated the the, the program into that tier of champions. That now this the, these two programs to me are kind of on equal footing. I think if you have a national title and you're a year in year out, it's one thing when you win a national. If you're Fresno State, right? They win a national title, but they don't they don't follow up with that with that at all. It's been, I think. 14 years since they won that national title, something like that. And they haven't been back to the College World Series one time. State is a program that year in, year out competes for Omaha. So I feel like these two programs are sort of on the uh, the same tier now. So LSU's I like that. Been to the LSU's been back to the College World Series. Not LSU, I said Fresno State. Oh, sorry. Uh, this whole time I thought you Do I need to wait LSU on you to get done with these pretzels? What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> I thought you were talking about LSU. Um, so Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, you see, uh, what Brandon I have Walker. to deal with. Everybody. Brandon Walker's coming to uh, Starkville this weekend. I'm sure you what? knew that. Is he? Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Well, that's good news. Uh, that is good news to have our national representative here. In I Dallas. hope there's something. I hope there's something that I can provide him, mm-hmm. like a ticket or like you know a spot somewhere mm-hmm. that I can dangle in front of him to to show him that. It hurts when someone promises something and they don't deliver, Aww. like he did to me at WrestleMania. Oh, well, it is what it is, you know. But you know what I would do? I would get, I would set that. You up would deliver. You to would show like, him, yeah, what a real friend does. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. So, okay, um, back to LSU, Fresno State, and Mississippi State. I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna get rid of Fresno State. Let's take them out of the discussion. Um, I'm doing my pretzels too. Very good. Very good. So I'm looking forward to this series. I always look forward to Mississippi State LSU. Odd series, and we've talked about it. 2003 was the last time the Bulldogs were able to win a home series against the Tigers. This team, this LSU team, and we're going to talk a little more in the second half of the show. I'm sorry, not in the second half of the show, towards the end of this segment, uh, with Leah Van. She covers the Tigers for the advocate down there in Baton Rouge. But I, I feel like this is an LSU team that's underachieved to a, to a certain degree. And, and not to say that Mississippi, Mississippi State hasn't. Obviously, they have. These are both preseason top 10 teams. LSU has dropped two series, just like Mississippi State. Um, they do have a very impressive win at Florida. Those two two wins there, that series win was, was very good. They've lost a couple games to Louisiana Tech this year. They just haven't been great. Auburn, currently second in the West. That's who State plays next week for Super Bulldog weekend. They've got some wins that you probably would not have expected. They took the series from LSU. They took the series uh, at Texas A&M. So they've been playing pretty well. I think, Robbie, these next two series define Mississippi State's season. They have to be four and two. There's just no question about that. They have to win both, both uh, series. And, I, and when I say four and two, I don't think I, I don't think I mean a sweep and then losing a series. I think I mean you got to win two and one both times. Obviously, yeah. getting a sweep somewhere would be fantastic. You'd be five and one on top on top of your uh, your non conference wins. Great, 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 great. But this this next two weeks, Robbie really defines what Mississippi State's going to be this year. You saw the early projections uh, from Baseball America State a three seed in the number two national seeds regional. Now, I'll be honest with you. If I'm Virginia, I don't want that. 
I don't want Mississippi State in my regional because I know what they're capable of. But for State to start climbing up the ranks and getting out of a, the number two national seeds regional, it starts with these next two series. How pivotal are they in your opinion? They're huge. First and foremost, you've got to get over this hump with LSU. I mean, I don't know. Agreed. I don't know what it is, man. It's just a, it's some kind of stigma. And it's here. It's it's in Starville. They, right. They've actually gone to a tougher place to win in Baton Rouge and Alex Box, and they've taken two series during that time. Yeah. Um, so and two series in the last like three or four that they've played there. State won the but, series in, in sixteen and last year. Correct. Lost lost two out of three at LSU uh in I guess that would have been nineteen. 18. Eighteen. They they played oh, it's twenty two, yeah, eighteen. 19 they played in Starville. Right. Um, won the Eight. first game and then lost back-to-back. Was, that was a weird series. So you remember, State got out to like a 6 nothing lead, and they were dominating the game. LSU came back to make it close on Friday, but they couldn't win. And then State didn't do anything the rest of the weekend. Nothing. Mm-mm. And that was a team that, that was uh, really good all year long. Mm-hmm. What did the College World Series? But it's just uh, – it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, almost every player on this team was – either not born or they were very young, three years old, four years old or younger. I think R.J. Yeager might be the oldest guy on the team. He was four years old. Luke Hancock, Brandon Smith, lifetime Mississippi State fans. Those guys don't remember that game. They if couldn't only name a Carlisle player on the Kessler team. Kessler was still on the team. He was like 17 when that happened. I bet Carlisle Kessler remembered that growing he was, up around He was a freshman Pittsburgh. in college at the time. <laughs> Dr. Kessler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just there's something about LSU that has always kind of been a mystique with Mississippi State. They they just haven't been able to fully – I mean, this is a great rivalry, and don't get me wrong, Mississippi State's won some big games, but LSU has that aura around it with Mississippi State baseball, and State just can't get over the hump against them routinely. Um, and that's – and, and a lot of postseason games, that's, of course, at, at Starville and, and now Alex Box as well. This LSU team is very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a team that I thought offensively was mm-hmm. easily probably going to be the best in the SEC, maybe one of the best offenses in the country. They yeah. added Jacob Berry from Arizona, who was question- – you, you could argue that he was one of the best hitters in the country last year, and he's living up to his hype at LSU, and, you know, Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, those guys, Kay Daugherty, those guys were really good as young players last year, and with another year under their belt, you knew they were going to be even better this year, and they're hitting the ball really well. They're batting 307 as a team. State has one or two guys batting over 300. They have most of their lineup batting over 300. Uh, Braden Jobert has been kind of a revelation for them. I think it was Cade Beloso maybe that got hurt mm-hmm. in the first uh, week of the first game yeah. of the season, I think. Yes. And Joe Barrett played two in. games this year, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, poor poor Beloso. I mean, uh, Joe Bear has completely taken over that spot now. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 home runs leads the team. 38 RBI leads the team. So this lineup is incredibly solid. solid. And then you look at the, the defense and the pitching – and you're like, what the heck is happening? 45 errors, um, quite possibly the worst defense in the SEC right now. And they have, Right there with Ole Miss, yeah. They have several guys that are legit. I mean, 
one of the best first basemen in the game right now is Trey Morgan. Mm-hmm. That guy's incredible. Um, but they're just not good. They, they don't play clean baseball. Um, and their ERA is, is uh, 3-5, which is okay. It's better than Mississippi State, but there's just not a whole lot of guys on this pitching staff that really blow you away. And I, that was, a, that was a, a definite problem for them last year too, and it's kind of carrying over, you know, Mikhail Hilliard's back, Blake Money is back, but neither of those guys are really setting the world on fire as starters. So I don't really know what to expect from this team um, this weekend. And, you know, they've gotten some big wins. They've had some bad losses. So who really knows? Yeah, Mississippi State on the season has 19 errors as a team. Kay Doty and Jordan Thompson for LSU have 19 combined. Yeah. Or 16 errors as a team, I'm sorry, for State. And 19 from just those two guys. Uh, Thompson's hitting, he's fielding 877, Doty 9911. That is, that's poor. Oof. I mean, there's just no other way to, to do that. And that's how you cost yourself games. And then you mentioned uh, the pitching staff. Mikhail Hilliard, that's a guy who, you know, people talked about as a potential first round pick. His ERA 4.34, money is 4.70. Their starters haven't been great. Now, they've been good in the bullpen. They're a team that can keep a lead when they have one. But it's, it's about getting into the bullpen with the lead. So, And I'm going to ask Leah in just a minute. You know, I feel like this team's underachieving, much the same yeah. way Mississippi State has. But I feel like it's for different reasons. I just feel like, for whatever reason, they're not clicking. And, and they, they should be. And so, for this series for Mississippi State, it's just, it's just so crucial. that they, You mentioned getting over the hump. And, and I'm a guy that, you know, I tend to not believe that history – really means anything in these games, right? You know, it's like what happened in the years past doesn't really matter. State lost, what, 20 straight football games to LSU before they didn't. And now yeah. they've made that series competitive again. So, and and like you mentioned, there have been some good Mississippi State teams in this in this run, and they just haven't been able to get over, the, get that extra win. It's, it, well, it's, it's kind of like, like Arkansas right now yeah. with Mississippi State. I mean, you've had – Three straight teams go to Omaha, and the last two, including that national championship team, got swept. Um, so, I mean, it, there's just something about Arkansas and LSU for Mississippi State. They just struggle. It's kind of like Ole Miss with Mississippi State right now. They're, sometimes you just you see that jersey, and it's just a, a mindset thing. Um, so, really, I mean, the thing about this weekend is State has got to get good starts so the same thing last week against Arkansas and it's even more true now they've got to get off to a fast start offensively they got to get an early lead they've got to pitch really well and they can't walk people because that's when LSU really starts to put pressure on you yeah um is and it's not always you know about you know just hitting the ball and uh knocking the ball out of the yard for LSU they have this voodoo thing around them. If you give them an opportunity, they take it. It's it's it. They capitalize. You you you're done. And we've seen that. How many times have you and I seen that the LSU baseball over the year? You cannot give them any leash. You cannot give them a free base. You can't walk them. You can't hit them. You can't have an error. You got to play clean baseball this weekend. If State plays clean baseball, they pitch the ball pretty well. I think they're going to win because I, I think they're going to hit the ball. What about next weekend? Looking ahead to, to Auburn a little bit. Like I said, these two series are just – they're sort of connected for me because you get back-to-back series, but then you have back-to-back series on the road. But you're at Ole Miss, a team that is, you know, 
We're not we're not making fun of them when we say they're struggling right this second. Uh, and then I believe they're at Texas A and M. Is that correct? Um, why why do I, I don't ask know off questions? the top? I don't what? know off the top of my head. I, I haven't memorized the schedule. I, you know what, Brian? I'm just looking at. I'm I, I'm not looking ahead. I'm looking oh my at God, what's right. Just shut up. Me. It's Missouri. Okay. 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 Missouri. Well, that's a very winnable series. Yeah. So the, the, both of those series are. You have a, you have an opportunity to steal at least one win. You know, I think you can win a game in both series, obviously, but you have an opportunity to steal a win in both of those series. But you've got to get through, through these next two series. Auburn is a team that sort of scares me because they they hit the baseball really well, which is surprising, right? You think it'd be Butch Thompson pitching, they'd be locking you down. They're winning with offense right now. State needs to continue to see good things out of its the bullpen. You were at the game Tuesday night against uh, UT Martin. Mikey Tepper uh, looked, I mean, had a, had a good inning. Uh, obviously, Brandon Smith pitched really well. Brandon Smith, and we've talked about him a number of times, throws strikes. And, and I would take a guy that throws strikes 10 times out of 10 over a guy who's just trying to work the corners and trying to get strikeouts. That's how you walk, guys. I don't have a problem – with Smith giving up two home runs because that means he's throwing strikes. Nobody's hitting balls out of the yard like that. So I thought that State got a lot of good stuff from its bullpen. We've seen Fristo getting better over the past couple of days. Next week, this weekend, I'm not sure what the key for Mississippi State is. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. But next weekend, I know that it's going to be keeping those Auburn bats down and the bullpen's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I you know, I, I just I think that state is kind of on the verge of turning a corner here. For the first time this season, you're starting to see promise coming out of the bullpen from your guys that you've really needed to step up. Um, Casey Hunt's back. He's been better every single time he's been out there since he got back. Wasn't very sharp against Memphis, which is understandable. Hadn't pitched in a month. He was just okay against Arkansas. I thought he was really good on Tuesday night. Now, it's important to note that it was UT Martin, but we've seen those guys walk lineups that weren't very good. I mean, it, you, right. you can put a Little League team up there. If, if those guys aren't throwing strikes, then it doesn't really matter. Um, Tepper and Hunt commanded the zone last night. I thought that was huge. That's that's big stuff. Just they just need people to throw strikes. It's not it's not really that difficult um, with what's going on right now in Mississippi State. They're not throwing strikes. That's the biggest problem with this pitching staff. It's not that they're giving up home runs. They're getting barreled up. They're giving up a lot of hits. It's the fact that they're not throwing strikes. You have three or four guys coming out of the bullpen now that you feel comfortable can throw strikes, and they're not going to let you know uh, uh, inning just completely tear them apart, and I think that that changes a lot of things with this team, and that's a big if. I mean, that's that's two guys right there that hasn't really that haven't really proven anything yet. But I do think that we we saw a step forward for Tepper and Hunt on Tuesday night, and that's big for Mississippi State if they can keep stacking those performances because it's it's pretty much all mental. These guys have all the stuff in the world: Fristo, Tepper, Hunt. They have plenty of stuff. That that has not been an issue, but the the confidence is, and I think that they took a real big step forward on a Tuesday night, and that's that's huge for Mississippi State because it's happening at the right time. Because this is kind of a crossroads moment for Mississippi State here. 
You're four and five, but it's the season hasn't gotten away from you. You're still within striking distance in the West, and you have all these other teams jumbled up with you right now that are going through the same thing. So this is kind of the moment that Mississippi State has to say, okay, this is from this point on, we're zero and zero. Let's take every weekend as it comes, week by week, and get better. And at the end of this thing, if we're getting better every single week, we're going to be where we need to be. So I, I think everything's still in front of Mississippi State right here. You have plenty of opportunities. Your RPIs start to jump up a little bit, but you just have no margin of error at this point. So we'll see if that carries over. Fristo's last two performances carry over, and Hunt and Tepper can carry that over because I feel like that nucleus there is the key to Mississippi State's season at this point. That group right there can change Mississippi State's season for the better. agree with you 100%. I don't see how anybody can disagree. All right, let's find out a little bit more about the Tigers. Let's look a little bit ahead to this weekend's opponent. Leah Van covers the Tigers for uh, the advocate down there in Baton Rouge. Let's talk with her and uh, see what she's got to say about this weekend's matchup. All right, joining me at this time, Leah Van. She covers the Tigers for the Advocate down there in Baton Rouge. It's an interesting team, Leah, you know, an interesting mix of newcomers and old faces. You know, there's a lot of names that Mississippi State fans and SEC fans are going to be familiar with, and then there's a lot of the new faces, obviously those who came from Arizona and elsewhere. Do you feel like, you know, at this point in the season, this team has meshed well and, and, you know, the chemistry is where they want it to be? You know, they claim to be meshing well. You have to remember they're going through a transition with this new coaching staff, with Jay Johnson, and with even the pitching coach and the hitting coach. They have a different approach to things in the past. So they've had to adjust to new routines. They've had to adjust how they approach the plate. Um, But as far as the chemistry, you know, it's a little bit lacking defensively. I think LSU leads in defensive errors this season. The infield play has just been a lot of miscommunication and a lot of guys just kind of messing up the fundamentals. So, but they say in the dugout and with everything, you know, that they're very positive and that they are meshing, there's just been a little bit of miscommunication on the defensive side. When you talk about defense, obviously that has been a huge issue for, for, uh, for LSU. We talked about it a little bit earlier on our podcast, uh, 19 errors between uh, uh, Thompson and uh, I think it's, it's uh, Dowdy. That, I mean, that's, Doty, yeah. Doty, yeah. That, that's, that's just a, an absurd number of, of errors. Mississippi State only has 16 as a team. You know, when you talk to Jay Johnson, what, what does he attribute that to? You know, he's been very vague about that, obviously, as a coach. Uh, <laughs> he, he has no idea. He's, you know, like, and I think Cade Doty is a player that, you know, has major league aspirations. And I think last week, I think this week, actually, Jay was saying, you know, there's a reason why he's not in the major leagues right now, right? And there's a reason why Jordan Thompson and Jacob Berry even are playing college ball. And it's because they have to clean up that defensive play. That's why they are in the position that they are in. Um, But, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, since you don't follow the team as much as I do, but Cade Doty started off the season playing second. Jordan Thompson was playing shortstop the two have recently switched spots. So now Jordan Thompson's at second. Cade Doty is at shortstop. And that's a position that Cade has never played for LSU. He played third base last year. He played a little bit of second base last year. Um, and then Jordan Thompson has primarily played shortstop. But he has said that, you know, second base has allowed the game to slow down a little bit for Jordan. That We have seen some improvement from the two of them making that switch since. 
um, which that switch occurred at Florida and they even tested it a little bit in the fall. So it wasn't totally out of the blue, but it was out of the blue to, you know, kind of the fans. They were like, Oh, this is different. Um, you know, and I think it has cleaned up a little bit since, but there was a little bit of a defensive miscue the other night that wasn't officially ruled as an error with against Auburn, but it was like the two collided in the infield off a single by Sonny Deshera. And so everybody was kind of like, well, how are we going to fix this again? And there were some lineup changes last night against Grambling, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity to, uh, opportunities to see if it would be different because, you know, LSU kind of kicked Grambling's butt, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. I mean, 18 of the 21 outs total were like strikeouts, so you really can't see anything defensively. Um, and I've talked to Jordan Thompson about the switch, and he said, you know, we're just trying to do whatever we can to win games and to not see these errors again. And so I think it's working. Um, Jordan Thompson also had a little bit of a knee injury during the off season. And I think that has played a role in some of his errors at shortstop. Obviously you have to be quite agile and fast to make those, you know, to make some of those plays. And I think he's been a little bit hesitant. I think he's still been, you know, you, when you go through an injury, especially a knee injury, you're used to kind of playing it safe and, he can't play it safely when he's in a position like shortstop. So um, I think it's a it's a mixture of a lot of things that are coming into play on those areas. You look back to the, the preseason polls, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, all preseason top five, top ten, wherever you look. They've combined now for 31 losses between the three schools. Mississippi State, I mean, you can clearly say they've underachieved, but there have been some injury issues over here in Starville. Landon Sims and Stone Simmons, two big pieces out for the season. At LSU – did you think they were maybe a little overrated to start the season? Did you think maybe this was going to be more of a building project for Jay Johnson? Or do you feel like this team is underachieved? I'm going to preface this by saying this is my first year covering LSU baseball, so I don't know how they looked last season. Uh, what I do know about last season is they did start off like 1-8 and eight in SEC play, and then they came back and became a super regional team. I think when you have that set of expectations on you, you tend to uh, – you know, it can be a lot, especially when you have a new coaching staff and everybody's, you know, expecting things as much as these players say that like, oh, you know, we aren't paying attention to those narratives and blah, blah, blah. I think, mm, yeah, you are. I think it's kind of getting to your head a little bit. Mikhail Hilliard, who has started the past two Saturdays at pitcher said, you know, I think in the beginning of the season, we kind of all expected, yeah, we have all this talent, we're going to win games. And then we realized that that's not what's going to happen and that we actually have to you know, put a lot more effort into it. So I think there was a little bit of overconfidence on this team because it is very talented. I mean, you look at Jacob Berry, you look at Dylan Cruz, you look at Kay Doty, and I mean, the starting lineup does have some of the best hitters in the nation, and statistically, they are very good hitters. Um, but defensively has been like the Achilles heel of this team. And I know that defensively they were very sound last year, and I don't know why that's any different this year. And maybe there's just been a – little bit less emphasis on that or maybe it's just the fact that they are a little bit they came in a little bit overconfident and they're kind of there's kind of this wake-up call I don't think they were overrated at all going into this season um I think you know I'm a Texas fan so I know what overrated looks like <laughs> and uh you know uh <laughs> and y'all I'm clipping that and sending that to a friend of mine who's a Texas fan just so you know you know what I was in Omaha last year. Y'all kicked our butts, um, you know, the yeah. day after the extra inning, 1 a.m. day. But, you know, like, it's 
I think when you go into a season with those kinds of expectations on your backs, and especially when you're still adjusting to a new coaching staff and how they do things, I think people underestimated how much of a transition this team is going through. You mentioned Hilliard a second ago. That's a name Mississippi State fans are going to be familiar with. It seems like he's been at LSU forever. Sort of walk us through the weekend rotation. Who should State expect to see on the mound this weekend? So, you know, Jay has been very secretive about his pitching staff and his rotation. Uh, But consistently for the past two weeks in a row, I can say that they had Blake Money on Friday or Thursday, depending on when you start. Uh, And then Mikhail Hilliard's been your second-day guy. And then your third day guy has been a freshman, Sam Dutton, who's from Alabama, uh, the state of Alabama, not the school. And so, um, you know, Mikhail's been probably the most consistent through these past two SEC series. He's good at mixing pitches and keeping, you know, keeping your uh, hitters off balance. You know, he's got a nasty curveball and he's not like a huge fastball guy, but he has added, he has like seen some success in that this year, which is, different for him and obviously being one of the veterans being a fifth or he might be a six year senior okay being one of the older guys on the mound he has a lot of poise and mentally he you know you can't rattle him very easily and even when he does well he doesn't really celebrate he's a very even keel guy i think that's what you need in a pitcher um so yeah he's gonna give a lot of batters trouble because you don't know what you don't know what he's gonna throw at you and he really forces a lot of soft contact too. So, you know, a lot of those will be like some fly balls that are end up being fly outs, you know, if LSC is able to catch those balls and outfield has been better defensively than the infield. So, um, yeah, Mikhail's been a huge piece. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved up in the Rican rotation because Blake Bunny has had a little bit of a, uh, he hasn't been as dominant as he was before SEC play. Uh, Blake Money's kind of your classic SEC pitcher, you know, throws a ton of fastballs, um, you know, big personality, can kind of get in your face with, you know, when he gets that strikeout, he's going to celebrate it. What are the keys for LSU this weekend? Obviously, you know, they got a great road series win a couple weeks ago down in Florida and a series where they, you know, they lost that first game and you thought, man, that could, that could be in real trouble. And they come back and not only win, but they win big. So they've been good on the road. What are the keys for them this weekend to come out of Starkville for a series win? Obviously, they got to be sound defensively. And I know that that's like, it's kind of a broken record at this point, but they really do. I know that, you know, Mississippi is, you know, I know the atmosphere is going to be rowdy. I know that uh, this is a rivalry and that it's a big game for both teams. I know Mississippi has probably been underperforming. I'm getting in trouble calling Mississippi State Mississippi. Mississippi now. Yeah, Mississippi State. Sorry. I know the Bulldogs have been, uh, you know, not meeting their expectations either. So it's kind of this like battle of two teams that, you know, have high expectations, but haven't really been meeting them for a bit, um, or at least early in the season from what I could tell. So I think they both have, are coming into this series with a chip on their shoulders. And so LSU is probably um, going to have to be sound defensively. Their pitching has been pretty strong and they're going to have to stay strong. And offensively, I don't think that there's a concern, but I think offensively, they have to make sure that they're taking advantage of their at-bats when runners on base, especially, and not just, you know, hit. And as much as we love home runs, like, you know, solo home runs, they're only putting up one, one run. So, um, you know, if you're going to have these defensive errors, which Jay Johnson has said, you know, you successful teams are going to have to be able to play through those errors and, you know, come back and, you know, okay, if we're going to get bit by a defensive error, 
then we're going to have to make up for it at bat, which is a lot of pressure at bat. But, I mean, that's how you win games in college baseball. Should be a great series in Starkville this weekend between these two teams, both of them desperately needing a series win. So great historical rivalry, like you said, and a great weekend uh, for college baseball. Should be big crowds. Leah Van from The Advocate, thanks so much for joining me, man. appreciate it. Sure thing. Thank you. All right, thanks to Leah. Appreciate her time. Really good stuff there. Uh, looking forward to uh, to a, a great weekend of baseball between, like I said, what in my opinion is historically the best rivalry in the SEC when it, when it comes to baseball, Mississippi State and LSU. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you're looking to cook out this weekend, be you in the lounge or just about anywhere else, well, then you want to get some beef on the grill, some steaks, some burgers, maybe a big brisket or a tri-tip on the smoker. Whatever you're looking to do, they've got you taken care of when it comes to beef. And if you're looking for recipes, you can go to msbeef.org. That's the Mississippi Beef Council's website. Great recipes and a lot of great information about your Mississippi beef providers. Beef is what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You will not want to miss it at Two Brothers this weekend, their annual crawfish boil on April the 9th, 11 a.m. until they've got live music uh, from 11 a.m. to 2. That's Zach Day and the Texas Horse Pirates. What a great band name. The Texas Horse Pirates. I'm in. I'm in. And then Little Hipster. I guess. What kind of music we got? I don't know. I don't know. Delta from 10 p.m. to close as well. They've got live music all weekend long at Two Brothers. And, of course, they've got crawfish uh, as much as as you can possibly want to eat. And, of course, if you're just looking for great food anytime, Two Brothers Smoked Meats, that's the place to be. So check out Two Brothers this weekend for their annual crawfish bowl. You will not want to miss that. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is something that everybody promises you, but who delivers on it? Advantage Business Systems does, especially when we're talking about service. You know it as well as I do. If you're a business owner and you've had to deal with these big companies in the past, when their products break down, it is a hassle to get them out there to fix them. It takes days, sometimes a week, before somebody will show up. And talking to somebody on the phone, forget about it. You're, you're, you're dealing with an automated system all the time. Not the case with Advantage Business Systems. You're talking to a Mississippi person on a Mississippi phone line who can be there within a day or two and get your business back up and running. That's the difference that it makes when you use Advantage Business Systems. So call them today and put them to work for you. The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. This weekend, uh, out at Davis Wade Stadium, we have a scrimmage. Going to have Mississippi State in its first uh, fall scrimmage, I believe. Is it, it's open to the media. Is it open to the public? Yes. Okay. So if you want to yep. come by the stadium, you're welcome to do so. Robbie and I will be there. And obviously, we'll give you our thoughts on that uh, on, on one of next week's shows. But let's talk about going into it. What are we expecting to see? Obviously, to, when I look at a scrimmage, the first thing I'm looking at are the guys I don't know as much about. I'm always looking at the backups to see how they perform. I know how Will Rogers is going to look. I feel like I know. I know how Jaden Wally and Austin Williams are going to look, Marks and Johnson. What is Sawyer Robertson going to look like? This will be our first real extended look at him, assuming he gets second-team reps, which he has been getting. What is Katravian Hargrove going to look like? First real chance to see him. What you know? Antonio Harmon is the guy you keep seeing his name pop up in some of these practice reports. Uh, Justin uh, Robinson and, and uh, Jordan Mosley. Guys, we haven't seen before. That's what I'm looking to see. What can they provide? What, what do they look like in this scrimmage 
Robbie, what are you looking for in the first scrimmage? I don't I don't know how much we'll learn from the scrimmages. Right. People might get kind of annoyed, but uh, from what I was told yesterday, it's not going to be like a true like scrimmage scrimmage. Like right. we'll, we'll see a bunch of drills. We'll see a few like seven on seven, eleven on eleven work. And I think that the uh, spring game is going to be going to be similar to that. That's too. what I was told. That it's it's not a traditional football game. Yeah. So you know I. Hopefully, we'll be able to. There, there'll be some instances where we can kind of keep up with some stats here and there. But you do have to take a lot of that with with a grain of salt, and you have to kind of figure out ways to to find what you're looking for because it's not it's not going to be as easy as just watching a guy break five tackles and carry it to the end zone seventy yards. You know, mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with uh, some of the wide receivers at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Harmon has been um, has been a standout from what I've seen in the couple practices I went to. I was there yesterday, and I actually had asked um, Will Rogers about that, and he, he's really excited about Antonio Harmon and um, also Caleb Ducking too, who I think has has really taken a nice step this year. So I, I really want to see you know who's working on that offensive and defensive line, who's the first guy at cornerback opposite. Emmanuel Forbes, I think is probably going to be Decameron Richardson right now. Um, I think he's got the edge. But just some of those position battles, who's kind of stepping up at this point? Who, who do the coaches trust the most? That's kind of what I'm looking for this Saturday. It's good things to look for. Defensively, I think we have to watch, you know, and again, I don't know how, how it's going to be structured, but that second cornerback, are we going to see DeCameron Richardson looking good out there? Well, what, how much of Marcus Banks will we get to see? The secondary as a whole, you, you expect you, you got to see them. And, and and the good thing is, you know, when you're running an air raid offense on the other side, secondary has lots of opportunities. So you, we'll, we'll see how those guys look out there. A uh, little bit of injury news. You may have missed it. Jet Johnson, a fractured hand. He's out for the rest of spring. Shouldn't affect anything uh, when it comes to the fall, obviously. But that's, you know. That means another linebacker is going to have to step up. Maybe a Ty Cooper or a, a John Lewis could, could, could roll in there, Deshaun Page, uh, something like that. So we'll get to see you know, some extra guys there. From the starters, is there anybody in particular that, that you know, from the, the veteran guys you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see how he's developed, has it, what kind of steps he's taken forward this year? One of those guys you mentioned, uh, Katravion Hargrave. Mm-hmm. I want to see what he looks like after a year. <clears throat> and John Lewis too was another guy you mentioned. Yeah, uh, you know he. We didn't talk about him at all last year. He didn't make any kind of impact really on, on the season. But I know a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was hurt earlier in camp and things like that. Uh, you you want to start seeing him kind of show up a little bit, pop a little bit out there on the field, and these, these scrimmages make a big play. Um, I, I want to see what happens with him there. I want to see. Some of those guys on the defensive line too. Deshaun Page has been um, kind of flashing a little bit the practices that I've seen. So th- these linebackers need to take a step because you've you've missed uh, you're missing Aaron Brulee this year, who was um, a good leadership piece for you and always pretty solid. Um, and I think that's a big piece to miss. And now Jet Johnson's out. So some of those guys these are these are some quality reps that they're going to get in the scrimmage and in the spring too. That should be beneficial. You know what you're going to get with Jet. Missing him is not going to hurt anything um, for his development because I think 
he kind of is what he is at this point, and I think he's going to be a good player for State this season. But those other guys have got to get these reps in and get some good quality reps um, to take that next step because you need to add some depth there at linebacker and guys that you can really count on. And I think, like I said, Deshaun Page has uh, looked pretty solid. This should be good for Tamar Rogers and Nick Mitchell and those guys we talked about the other day on um, our linebacker preview. So, uh, you know, it's defense um, is such a such a strange thing to me because you feel really good about the depth on the defensive line. Linebacker's okay. You, you feel okay about the cornerbacks, I think. But there's so many questions, too. I mean, there's some linebackers that you don't know how they're going to react to uh, the playing time this year. Same thing for safeties as well. So a lot of questions can be answered in the spring with this group. I agree. And then there's one other thing. Maybe we buried the lead a little bit, Robbie. Kicker. I want to see field goals going through the uprights. So I'm, 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 Massimo. I'm, I'm very fascinated to see Massimo Biscardi and see how he, uh, how he reacts and how, he's, he's, how the ball looks coming off of his foot. That's obviously a huge key. Uh, for Mississippi State. So, lot to look forward to on Saturday. Davis Way Stadium, 11 a.m. starts. Is that correct? I think that's right. I and, think uh, that's right. We'll have yeah. to double check. We'll, I think it's 11 we'll a.m. and then we'll talk to Leach after like at 1 and then we'll make our way over to uh, to baseball uh, from there. So, plenty to talk about next week, obviously, on Thunder and Lightning. We've got another positional breakdown. We'll be talking about safeties next week. Plenty of baseball talk. Uh, basketball guys from the portal. You're starting to see Mississippi State's name pop up on some big-time targets. Maybe we'll have some news there. Uh, recruiting, you never know. So, guys, I want you guys to have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you uh, on Friday. Thanks again to Leah Van for joining us. We appreciate her time, and uh, we'll see you all again very, very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.